extremely encouraged to be up here right now. I, I can't even begin to explain the excitement, fear, confusion, all of it. But you know what? Amen. I, I was telling a brother right before, you know, I think it was just Satan was kind of trying to knock at me. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to be preaching in, in front of all these people who, who just have love. And I was just like, why am I fretting? You know? So amen. I'm really excited, though. I, I'm really uh, so honored to be able to, not only for me, but that the church would ask the singles to have this time. I mean, I love the singles. And I am not ashamed to say it. Singles. I don't know what you might have heard, but it's an amazing, amazing place to be. Okay? If you have any doubts, just come. But if you're married, then stay. But otherwise, come. Okay? Um, so, first of all, I gave a welcome a couple weeks ago. And I kind of neglected to say who I am. So I should probably start by saying my name is Clay Kenworthy. And it is a known fact that I am from Dubai. What you may not know is I'm not originally from there. (laughs) I am actually born and raised in Kansas. And you know what? I grew up on a farm. We raised cattle. I am a cowboy. Yes, but as amazing as that was, it has nothing compared to what God's done in my life, amen? So, um, first of all, before we get into uh, my message, I think that it'd probably be good to pray, so let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, just thank you so much for this time that you've given us here today. Thank you that uh, we could just all gather here and just look into your word to hear powerful testimonies of how you change people's lives, Father. And God, in the same way, I pray that the word that we look at, I pray that it can cut deep into our hearts and make us really think about what really matters in our life, Lord. Please uh, just bless this time and bless each and every one of uh, us here tonight. We love you, and it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so the the title of my lesson is Single-Minded Like Christ. You know, as I was working on this lesson, I was was trying to think, like, you know what? Like, which single do I pick? There's all these amazing singles in the Bible, and and they've done incredible things. And I was just like, which one do I want? And then it just really uh, became obvious to me. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go with the the go-to single from the New Testament, who is... Okay, yeah, Paul is great, and he's up there, but actually Jesus... Amen? Jesus is the ultimate single. He is. He is the singles of singles. Nothing divided him from God. Nothing. And, you know, when I think of, of like, well, how do I go about presenting this? You know, what do I want to talk about? And what I started to realize is that, you know, in a lot of ways, sometimes I just feel like I'm not adequate. When someone asks me to do something, whether it's at work or for a friend, or even if it's just you know, picking out what I'm going to order from Subway, I just feel like there's something that's not complete. Like, ah, oh, what if I make a mistake? You know? And you know what? But it's just like, that's the culture we live in. That's the world talking. That's, the world says that. The world says, you know what? You need this, and you need that, and you have to have this on top of it. And you know what? Supplies, while they last, you better get it now. You know, I, I heard that uh, the Hunger Games DVD just came out, you know? And, oh, yeah. 
you know. May the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> but, but, you know, it was funny because I heard about all these people going in line. And they're just like, oh, I hope I get it. I hope I get it. You know what? It's just like, do they not realize in two weeks Best Buy is going to be restocked? You know? But that's what the world tells us. Is we have to have it now. We have to have it immediately. Because without it, you're not complete. But you know what? Jesus was saying something different. And you know, it amazes me how, how the world changes, but it doesn't change. You go and you look, uh, take for example this, this, uh, this story, and it's looking at how singles were persecuted in the past. This is what it said. Be married or be fined. So said the city council of Fort Dodge, Iowa. I'm from Kansas, not Iowa. When, when in 1907 it passed a law requiring every everyone between the ages of 25 and 45 to wed or else. And as extreme as that sounds, that was entirely normal in colonial America, where public censure ensured that unmarried adults remained in a minority, and more than that, a rarity. In 17th century New England, antient maids of 25 were labeled a dismal spectacle. And in North Carolina, one newspaper declared them never to be pleased, good-for-nothing creatures. Yeah. Single women usually had no choice but to live with relatives where they were spinsters, just making fabrics for the family, because aside from that, you're an embarrassment. Don't even show your face. And for bachelors, brothers, wasn't much better. Sorry. (laughs) You know, bachelors fared every bit as badly, viewed as suspect or even criminal. They were spied upon by the local constables and penalized. This made sure that they would enjoy less freedoms as bachelors than if they were married. Now, does that seem crazy? But it's no crazier than the world today. It's just now, you know, like the wind changes, the world has kind of changed on what's acceptable. And now today, it's, it's perfectly normal to to see, for instance, in the state of California, 75% divorce rate. But that's normal. So, so what? You know, everyone gets married and then they get divorced and then you try again. That's just what the world says, that will complete you. Or take, take how common law marriage, you just live with someone for long enough and it's, it's credible. That's what the world tells us, that'll complete you. Or uh, sometimes we find singles you know, I, I can say this because I'm single. But sometimes we get singles and they just wish that they were married. That'll fix my problems. Or you get a married. Some, sometimes you find a married and that's what they ran into. And then they're sitting there and they're like, I wish I was single. <laughs> I didn't count that cost. <laughs> I'm not going to shy away on this one. <laughs> I'm not saying to everyone, I love the marrieds. Don't get me wrong, I love the marrieds. You guys have an amazing, amazing partnership with God. Amen. But we cannot rely on marriage or being single to fulfill us and to complete us. And if, if you doubt that, the, the world is filled with examples like Tiger Woods. He had everything in the world. What did he not have? You know. But in the end, even his beautiful Swedish model wife wasn't enough. And he had an empty hole that he just couldn't fill, so he turned to the world, and it didn't work out for him. 
You know, I don't care how, how well you shoot on an 18-hole course. That doesn't fix the problem. And you know what? It's, it's just so awesome just to look at Jesus and his example because he shows us without fail how to live a complete life. And he's very, very clear about it. And the simple truth of it is, is that Jesus was single-minded. He was single-minded on his mission. He was single-minded on God. And he was single-minded in everything that was going to promote the kingdom. If it wasn't, it wasn't even a thought to him. If it's not going to be for God, I'm not even going to think about it. And if you're thinking about it, then I'm going to correct you. And if you don't stop thinking about it, I am going to rebuke you. And if you don't want to listen, I'm sorry, but i got people who do. And I'm going to walk to them. He was a man of action, a man of conviction, and he was a single-minded brother. And you know what? It's easy for us to say, ah, but he was God. No, I'm not God. He was God. He had it all. That's true. He was God, but he was also man. He went through the same stuff as us. If you want to open up to Hebrews 4.15. You know, Jesus was tempted in every way. So easy for us to think like, oh, you know, I'm going through a rough time. Jesus, if you only knew, he did know. There wasn't anything he didn't know. We look in 4.15. It says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. He did not sin. What's more fulfilling than that? What's more complete than that? You know, that's, that's how I want to finish my race is without a single blemish. Although that's not possible for me, but you know what? Amen. Jesus did it. And He's very clear. Have a single mindset. Focus on God. You know, and we need to be single-minded just like Him. Jesus was single-minded with God. Nothing came before God with Jesus. Nothing. Look at Mark 1.35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. You know, that, that just to me strikes me as that's a single mindset. He woke up and he had one thing on his mind. It wasn't going to be, is it, is it you know, scrambled or over easy? It wasn't bacon or sausage. It wasn't going to be, where am I going to go first? What are my disciples talking about now that's crazy and I need to sort it out? It was just, I need to go find a solitary place and pray. You know, do we have that mindset? Is that what's first for us? And you know what? I bet Jesus had amazing quiet times. I bet his prayers, I wish I could have heard one of those prayers. It'd be like God talking to himself. Like, that's amazing. I want to hear that. You know, when I talk to myself, I tend to think it's pretty interesting. I can only imagine what Jesus would think. I know you guys talk to yourselves too. But you know what? Sometimes I don't have good quiet times. You know, sometimes... I just can't focus. I, I get up and I'm already thinking about what the day is going to hold for me. I start thinking about what, 
someone is going to do or say or what they did yesterday, how I'm going to approach it. I'm thinking, am I going to be on time for work? Do I have enough time to eat? Am I going to have a second cup of coffee? Who's playing the game tonight? All these things just start creeping in. But you know what? That solitary place needs to be a place where we can be single-minded like Jesus was. If you're not having it in one place, maybe you need to look at the other place. Maybe you need to go someplace that's actually quiet. Maybe sitting in front of the TV isn't the best place. Maybe sitting in the kitchen is going to be a stumbling block. But you know what? The solitary place is also here. We need to set our hearts right and make sure that's a solitary place, that that's the place for God to work and not the world. You know, it's really imperative that we keep a focused, single-minded attitude because if we don't, that's exactly what Satan's wanting. He's wanting us just to get even slightly distracted. And you know what? Satan attacks singles hard. It's, that's been my experience. I was baptized in the singles. It's all I've known. <laughs> but I also, you know, I spent time with the teens. I love teens. It's, you know, we'll, we'll keep that on the down low. We don't want my singles to find out. But no, I, I love the teens. And you know what? Teens, you guys are single too. If you, if you think that, oh no, I'm a teen, check your Facebook status. <laughs> Campus, you're next. <laughs> Campus, also I love you guys. But you're singles that go to college. Okay? And, and marrieds, you guys are awesome. I love you to death. And you guys, you found that amazing sister, that amazing brother, and you got married, and you were united, and you became one. So you guys just make like this awesome double single that's just like <laughs> the coolest ever. It's like, I love it. I'm like, I want that. You know? So we can all relate to this in the fact that, you know what? Satan attacks singles. He attacks all of us. And the thing is, is that as singles, he makes us feel like we don't have enough time. And once he does that, he's already won. Because then we start thinking like, oh, I just don't have time to be effective. I don't have time to reach out to that person. You feel the spirit nudging you. are like, go talk to him. Go talk to him. And you're just like, ah, oh, but, you know, I got to go. And that's Satan winning the day. You know, there's a, there's a story that I want to share with you. It's one of the greatest lion tamers and animal trainers of all time. His name was Clyde Beatty. He was a big game hunter who became famous as a lion tamer beginning in the 1930s, and often appeared in films and on television for the next 30 years of his life. Standing only 5 foot 6 inches tall, Beatty had the courage and mastery to go into a cage of 40 snarling lions and tigers, and all he had was a whip and a pistol and a chair. Now, the whip and the pistol make sense to me. I'm thinking Indiana Jones in the ring with him. But that's not the case. The whip and the pistol were used to get the animal's attention, just as noise. And people wonder, well, what's the chair for, you know? I'm not going to sit in a, in a pen full of lions. You know, maybe Daniel, but not me. But it turns out that the chair is the most important of the three tools for a lion tamer. Because the tamer holds the chair at the back and thrusts the four legs at the face of the lion. 
The cat tries to focus on all four legs at once. In the attempt to focus on all four, a kind of paralysis overcomes the animal. It becomes weak and tame because of its divided attention. Lions and tigers are not the only creatures who face this. We also tend to be uneffective, unable to perform when our attention is divided among too many things. And you know what? Jesus, he has an answer for it. His answer is, be single-minded on the mission. Just focus on the mission. you got God on your side. What else do you need? Just go out and do the mission. Open up to, to Matthew 12, verses 46 through 50. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to them, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. You know, if, if, if my mom came through the door and she was like, Clay, I need to talk to you real quick. You know, I would struggle with that. I'd be like, kind of awkward, but I'm doing something right now. But you know what? That would split my attention like that. Jesus didn't even bat an eye. He didn't even flinch. He would not be distracted because he felt complete when he was doing his mission. He moved with purpose because he was focused at the task at hand. When Peter was talking to him in Matthew 15:23, saying, you know what, there's still time, Jesus. You don't have to die. He said, get behind me, Satan. He loved Peter, but he didn't want that. He's like, you don't even know, but you're trying to stop me from my mission, and it will be done. I will not stop. You know what, and Jesus, he felt complete and being single-minded and obeying his father. You know, you ask children, you know, marrieds, if you ask your children, do you feel unfulfilled and incomplete in your life? And they're probably going to look at you just like, you need to talk to mom. Like, there's something, I don't know what you're saying. They don't get it because they are complete. You know? They, they get it because they have the childlike mind and heart. But we tend to lose the focus because somewhere along the way, we stop obeying the Father. Jesus knew it in Luke 16, 13. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And this covers a magnitude of things, not just money. But being single-minded on God brought Jesus joy. It wasn't the marital status, the financial accounts, or his, his studies. It wasn't about who he was meet up with. It was just God and obeying what his father would tell him. You know, and I, I love what uh, Chaz and Greg preached about last week. I'm sure they're here somewhere. But, yeah, I loved it. I wasn't here, but I listened to it, and I was encouraged. And you know what? It's really true. In the same way, it can't be me and Jesus. It's got 
to be different. Because if it is, that puts you and Jesus as two masters trying to complete what you think you need. The only difference is, is one knows and the other one is just prideful and, and blind. We need to be sure that our minds are singularly focused on obeying God. And you know what? Jesus says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, Jesus said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. For those of us who have been baptized, think back to that day. Yeah. Amen. It is a celebrating moment. In the heavens, you got the angels singing. I, you know. I see dancing in heaven. I see, you know, God just got this big grin on His face. And Jesus is like... (laughs) And you know what? It's that way because it's completion. It is the completion of Jesus' single-minded mission for us. That's why it's so happy. That's why it's so amazing. Because Jesus' mission 2,000 years ago is completed in you. And that is something that makes Him happy. And that's something that fills us with joy because all of a sudden, that incomplete feeling goes right out the window. You know, and it's just like, did you not feel completed when you came out of the water? You know, I know... I don't think anyone came out of the water. For those of us who have been baptized, you come out of the water and you're just like, yes, what is next for God? But somewhere along the way, we start getting chipped at. And then that little bit of emptiness, that incompletion starts sneaking back in, and then we try to figure it out on our own. How are we today? I'm so happy I could hear Ivan and Brittany share their testimony. I'm really encouraged. You know, and it's... It's seeing that, the testimonies, seeing the, the baptisms here, going out to the beach. You know, I'm, I'm so encouraged. You know, it's like every week with campus, there's a new brother or sister. And just like, you know, and that's awesome. I love it, you know. And it's, you know what? It's just like that is what it's about. We are witnessing the completion of the mission. You know, Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. He knew what was up. He knew what was happening. He knew that when he died on the cross, his mission was going to be complete as far as giving us the way. And he ran his race and he finished strong, didn't he? I challenge you guys to think. If you don't feel complete right now in your life, having the Spirit of God, then what will complete you? Is God's grace truly sufficient for me? Is His power made perfect in my weakness? Or am I trying to strengthen and complete myself? You didn't see Jesus trying to do that in Gethsemane. He wasn't trying to build Himself up. He was just like, God, I need Your help. And that was Jesus. How much more for us? You know, 
I just want to say that, you know, Jesus, he came and he showed us all this just so that we could have joy. You know, in John 10.10, John 10.10, Jesus is saying, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Are you? Are you having it to the full? Because there's no reason not to. You got sin in your life? Amen. Repent, get it fixed, and go on with the mission. Are you going to sit there and just sit on your chair with all the lions around you? Trying to use your whip and your pistol? That's not going to stop 40 lions. You better pick up your chair and get focused and push back what's after you. I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full. When I see that, anything less is not living up to what Jesus is wanting. You know, just a, a last thought that I would like to leave you with. Well, I guess right before that. Sorry, sorry, Ruben, I know that you probably... If it was the Academy Awards, they'd be playing the music by now. <laughs> but, uh, you know what? There's a reason that Jesus is single. And there's a reason that, that we have that example. And it's really so that we can see the great things that we can accomplish when we are able to focus ourselves single-mindedly at the task at hand. Be single-minded like Jesus. The last scripture I want to leave with you is 1 John chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So the last thing I want to leave you with is live like Jesus did. Live with a single-minded attitude and heart for God. To God be the glory. Amen. I love you guys. Thank you.